Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Follow the Prophet is a production of Gingrich 360 and iHeartRadio. So running a newsroom, and a country for that matter, is pretty complicated, but a lot has changed recently. Politics and media is being disrupted, and our next guest is going to tell us what's happened and how things have evolved, and he's been around for a really long time. You might recognize him from television. Chris Matthews, of course, from MSNBC fame, and of course from politics... And from a lot of other stuff, too. He's going to talk about how the world is radically different these days and what you need to know about what's coming up. And he's going to analyze why this crazy mess that we call reality these days can hopefully be fixed and how we need to talk about it. I'm David Grosso, and this is Follow the Prophet. So here on Follow the Prophet, we look to talk about money, but the way we view the world through money. So we're not looking to get rich quick. We're looking to understand the world and make our money work for us. And we're going to do that by deconstructing what's going on in the world. And some of the best people to do that are people like my next guest. But before we get to him, let's talk about local news and why 
newsrooms across the country, including right here in Orlando, are being chopped up and in some extreme cases, closed down. So, you know, if we go back in history to before America was founded, there was this guy named Benjamin Harris who showed up in the British colonies of America, and he settled in Boston, of course, the first part of America, and he opened up a print shop, a bookstore, and a coffee shop. And he did well for himself, but on September 25th, 1690, he created a product that got him in trouble when he was in England. He created Public Occurrences, the very first newspaper of the colonies. And since these were British colonies, basically the rules were the same as in the mother country. No newspaper could be published without the express permission of the government. Well, about 100 years later, we got rid of the British in our famed Revolutionary War. We kicked them out and a new country was formed and a major public right was placed in the U.S. Constitution. It is, of course, I'm talking about the First Amendment, which includes, among many other things, freedom of speech and freedom of the press. And we use that every day. And it's something that British people fundamentally still don't understand. If you heard what Prince Harry said recently about the First Amendment being a disaster. But throughout U.S. history, that right's been cherished and challenged because you can always challenge power with the First Amendment. And in the meantime, we have a capitalist society. So if you're running a media brand, you got to make money. The whole point of this is to make money. Or is it to inform people? We kind of have two goals here. And what we see these days is that revenue and digitalization of media is shaking things up. And we're seeing the old model kind of fall apart because of a few things, right? Big tech. Google and Facebook are major purveyors of news, and they're making a lot of money and have taken a lot of those advertising dollars. Uh, people aren't watching TV. I barely watch TV. You know, it's one of those things that I more watch clips online. And then local ads are still very popular. Of course, there's car dealers and lawyers and doctors and whatnot. But even that model's beginning to be disrupted. So how do you fund media? In fact, media is the fastest disappearing white-collar profession on earth. It's a respectable job, or at least it was. These days, it seems like it's a partisan charade for a made-for-multimedia reality TV show. And, you know, my next guest talks about that, you know, and he worked for the big channels. He worked in the Capitol and he worked in the White House and he worked in all these places of power. And there's something weird about media. Media is supposed to be the watchdog, but media also has to make money. So how do you balance those two? Well, unfortunately, these days we've monetized things and made things so efficient that we have a phenomenon known as left-wing media and right-wing media. And they don't give you the truth. They give you one side of the truth. And it more resembles politics, right? Because the politician is never going to be fully upfront about the truth. They're going to tell you the good stuff and kind of leave the bad stuff out. And it seems like newspapers, digital publications, television has all pursued the political model. But in the meantime, they're still not making money. They've pursued this damaging model, which is damaging to society and sows division. But in the meantime, now we have news deserts. There are places across the country that don't even have a damn newspaper. So how are you supposed to check power? 
especially in rural areas and less populated areas where I got started as a journalist, specifically I'm talking about West Texas and places like that, with no local media. There's no check on power. There's no one looking after anything. And it's a major problem for society because really journalism is supposed to be a check on power. You're supposed to be able to question and at least, you know, exercise your First Amendment rights. Well, that's all kind of falling apart because of the revenue model. And it's not good for society and not a lot of people are making money either. And really, in the end, the worry is, is that fewer eyes are really reporting what's really happening in the world. And you know what ends up happening when no one's watching? Corruption. It's human. We are all corrupt. We carry that with us. And if we do not have our power checked, the probability of corruption goes up and the likelihood of voting and participating in society goes down. So how do we solve this problem? Well, you know, people have all sorts of ideas. In the UK, they have taxpayer-funded journalism. That's problematic in its own right, right? I'm talking about the BBC. But we need newsrooms. We need journalists. We need checks on power. Or else we go too far one way or too far the other. We need to keep people informed. But this is a very expensive endeavor. It's a very low-margin business. You want to follow the profit? Don't go into media. There's not a lot of money in it. In fact, media is such a tiny, tiny industry. Even Rupert Murdoch, the most sensational media entrepreneur of our time, it doesn't make that much money compared to the Silicon Valley folk. Media is powerful, but media is not profitable. But media can do a lot of damage as well as good. And we're still trying to figure out what works. Nonprofits, for-profits, hybrids, advocacy, um, you know philanthropy. We don't know yet what the answer is. So, you know, U.S. journalism needs a solution. And it's something that everyone's kind of waiting on the sidelines to figure out what the heck we're going to do. Can we both do good and make money? Or does making money ruin the model? Or maybe it should be a nonprofit. Or maybe it should be funded by the government. Everything's on the table at this point. And if you know anything about the way anything's run, it's not easy to find an answer. We're going to take a quick break here. Be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. 
So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s, dance away with hip-hop beats, and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's a lot happening these days. 
but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. So 1945 was a monumental year for global events. A lot happened that year. In September, the Japanese surrendered, leading to the end of World War II. And in December, over in Pennsylvania, my next guest was born. His name's Chris Matthews. You might have seen him on MSNBC over the years. He was a Philadelphian, and he's still a Philadelphian, a proud one and a baseball fan at that. And he entered into the world of politics and journalism, and he lived in the post-World War. And the post-World War world showed him how to be an adult. And when he first got to D.C., he was a U.S. Capitol Police officer. Whoa, we're going to have to ask him a few questions about that. And from there, he served on the staffs of four Democratic members of Congress. He was a speechwriter for President Carter and chief of staff for Speaker of the House Tip O'Neill. If you're young, that was the guy who uh, butted heads with President Reagan, of course, in the decade that I was born in the 1980s. And then... He ended up being what I know him as, the host of Hardball on MSNBC. How are you doing today, Chris? It's great to be on. You have all my background statistics, and you have the color of the game, too. <laughs> so tell me, Capitol Police Officer, that's been in the news lately. Tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I have a tendency, like Forrest Gump, to be where the action is. And in 1971, I was at Capitol Police, but and our big demonstrations in those days were relatively tame. There were protests against the Vietnam War. And I have to say one thing that uh, they did it better back then. I remember going out to do my job during the uh, big May Day demonstration against the war on the Capitol grounds. And in the basement, I think it was, a mezzanine, it was either the mezzanine or the basement of the Capitol, there was an incredible force of heavily armed SWAT team guys in riot gear, shields, guns. I mean, they had everything. And they were hiding there out of sight in case something went wrong. And I thought, oh my God, wouldn't it have been great if in 2021, on January 6th, we had that cavalry ready to charge to the, to the doors to complement and to reinforce all the regular cops standing at the doors in their regular day-to-day -day uniforms. If that riot squad of people had been able to go to the doors being charged, they would have thrown back that crowd. Nobody would have been killed. They would have batted a few heads perhaps with their sticks. But that would have been a pretty calm thing instead of what we saw and see today as an insurrection, as a defiling, a desecration of our capital. So, Chris, we tend to see this era as unprecedented. But if you talk to people who have been around for a while, like yourself, there's been problems at the Capitol. Like what you saw, you, you said there was a whole <laughs> unit downstairs waiting for trouble. Well, they had shields and helmets and they were ready for trouble. And I thought it was good to show that they didn't want to intimidate the crowd. You know, mostly college kids, anti-war people. They weren't bad people, obviously. They weren't like this crowd that was trying to overthrow the government. They just wanted that war stopped. And it eventually did stop, of course. Stop. But in those days, we'd say the long hairs versus the hard hats. So it was the construction guys, the guys who work with their hands, who were basically the Trumpers, Trumpies of today. There is a pattern there of the college kids versus the town versus gown, if you will. Uh, that, that division by education level was going on back then. You know, I worked with a cop who, Leroy Taylor from West Virginia, working guy, country guy, told me, he pulled me aside one day. He said, you know why the little man loves his country? It's because all he's got. 
It's always God. And he was teaching me about the guy with not a big glamorous family or money or anything like that, or a big house or a big job, but just as an American and how he treasured his country and his view of it was a very conservative view. And so that, that was going on. You're right. It was going on back then. This fellow was trying to educate me to it. So why do we have such a profound divide? So you've been, you have a unique perspective to bring to this, right? Like in your era, you worked for Tip O'Neill when he would sit at the table with Ronald Reagan and they were political opposites, but they talked. Why has that fallen apart these days? Well, I think money. I think that uh, people that give the candidates want them to be extreme, to be polarized. They don't want to be seen with each other. Just think about this iconically. Back in the 70s and 80s, you would have these golf tournaments. Now, I admit it, this is just anecdotal, but it was, to me, it tells me a lot. You would see pictures of the Republican leader, Jerry Ford, who later became president, and Tip O'Neill playing golf together, arm in arm. You know, there's crazy golf costumes they used to wear in those days, all those crazy <laughs> colors, you know, or ridiculous mm -hmm. costumes. And they would be like powing around. You will not see a Democrat and a Republican today powing around. They will not let themselves have their pictures taken powing around because that will offend their contributors. You see, their contributors pay them tens of thousands of dollars to be their friend, not just political supporters, but to be their friend. I say that with sarcasm, but they don't want to see them friend with the other side because that confuses them. They're paying not just for political point, a point of view, but for friendship. This is the social life of a lot of these people. They give the politicians to be accepted into a kind of social group. You know, a cotillion, you know, a cotillion, if you will, an assembly in the old way. You know what I mean? So they don't want to see they don't want to see the other side pound around the other side. I mean, their, their, their side. And this is true with on the left, too. The left doesn't want to see any friendship on the other side because that suggests you're not really committed. So today's politics is very different. It's about anger. It's about resentment between classes of people, education, people that didn't get a college education, resent those who did. The ones at the Ivy League are resented by those that didn't go to the Ivy League. It's tremendously based on education now and class. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. We don't like that word in America, class, but it's there. Well, you know a lot about that, Chris. So I think you came of age during a time when Irish people were still largely uh, you know, blue collar folk. And, and now in this yeah, country, well, you know, I, I uh, you know, someone like Sean Hannity's an Irish person and he's a wild conservative. So it's, it's like a profoundly well, different era. Up, I wouldn't call that an upgrade in class in his time. <laughs> 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 no. But, you know, I have to tell you when the World Trade Towers were hit, it was a point of pride with me that the Irish Americans were both the ones with uh, Cantor Fitzgerald up on the top floors. They were also in the police force. We lost oh, 125 Irish Americans in that, going, charging up those stairs when everybody else was coming down. I'm very proud of those guys, mostly guys from the boroughs who went to save that building. But I'm also proud of the ones who made it to the top floors with the big equity firms, you know, the big financial houses, you know. I think the Irish are, we cover all the bases. You have opened up my tribal knowledge here, which is I don't usually talk about it. But I always saw you as that, and no one ever told me that. I guess it's because of my ethnic background. I always saw you as like the firebrand Irish guy. Like, you know, there's the raging Cajun, and then there's Chris Matthews, who's I like the, me, the right. face of you know, Irish America. You know, I yeah. never told anybody I was Irish, but it, uh, it, maybe it shows. <laughs> I saw it, and I, no one ever told me you were Irish. I just noticed the politics, and, you know, it's, I, I feel like Irish Americans is one of the most successful assimilation stories in America that no one talks about. It took a while, though. 
<laughs> it always takes <laughs> a, a while, Chris. Time. So this donor class that you're talking about, aren't they mostly your age? Is this a generational thing? Is this something your generation has demanded? They're waiting for their ambassadorships right now, right? Isn't the fact that Biden hasn't made these announcements yet? Because he's it's a little ticklish, a little uh, little question there. He's only had some hit for that. They always do get hit for it for a day or two. So don't people your age understand that they're like leaving a world behind for people my age that is a little challenging? Well, I think it was Ronald Reagan that said that all this stuff that was invented was invented by our generation. So I don't know, every, all, the, all this, the, the toys everybody plays with every day. And when you see four young women, for example, men sitting together at, at lunchtime, they're all on their phones and uh, they didn't invent those phones. They were invented by their forebears, if you will. But that's a cranky argument. I, I think people today are different. I think they're more liberal, more progressive on LGBT, on, on race, certainly race. Uh, a young kid will come back from school today and not say that the teacher is African-American. They wouldn't even note it as important. Back in my day, they would note it. They'd say it. It wouldn't be negative, but they'd say it. I think people aren't so um, on, on interracial marriage, if you will. The numbers are completely upside down from where they were in my era. You know, 87% say it's fine with them. Last night, there was 4% said it was fine with them, a black and white relationship. So that has definitely changed. So we'll see how it develops into a society. Will it, will it carry on into adulthood? Will it, will it really change the way neighborhoods are arrayed, how people live in neighborhoods? People say they want to live in an integrated neighborhood. I believe that. I, I know that from Capitol Hill and Washington, where people are moving to, they like neighborhoods that are a little grittier, a little more urban. You know what I mean? They don't want to live in some boring suburb. They want to get into where the, there's a sense of city. You know what I mean? So that's changed. So let's talk about you a little bit. At different points in your life, you've been accused of being too conservative or too liberal or, you know, no, depending on- No, don't, don't go ahead, use the word accusation. I have been too conservative compared to some of my colleagues, certainly, certainly, but compared to the people in the other networks, I was a liberal. So you look at it. So tell ways. me more about that, Chris. Well, I think from compared to uh, MSNBC, I would be more conservative than most of the people on the network. Not all of them, not Joe, not, I don't think Nicole, I don't think Stephanie, I don't think Brian. Brian's politics are hard to read, but maybe more more less liberal than the people in prime time, Joy now and, uh, and Chris Hayes and, and Rachel, and of course, uh, Lawrence. I think I'm probably a little tad to the right of them, yeah. But my issues are the war in, in Iraq. My worries, my issues are voter rights, uh, basic rights, uh, opposition to wars. You know, I can argue about uh, inflation with some of this big spending. And I think we're going to have a higher crime rate because of some of the intimidation, perhaps of good police officers who will stop doing their job. That's what we have to be really afraid of. When you call 911, you want a good cop to show up. You don't want nobody to show up. If that makes me sound more conservative, I am. So tell me more about this inflation and government spending, because the last time inflation was around, you were already of age in the 1970s. Tell us about it. We never lived through this. I studied economics. I was in grad school. I was in a PhD program. Basically, there's demand pull. You have too many dollars chasing too few goods and services. So when all of a sudden there's several trillion dollars in the economy floating around looking for places to go, uh, and there's not any more people working, or maybe fewer because of COVID, and there's no, no more goods out there. People compete for the goods with higher prices. People pay more. You go to a restaurant, you don't complain about the extra five or 10 bucks for the entree. You don't argue as hard as you did before for a hotel bill. I mean, a lot of this is at the top end, but it's also about gas. You know, you, 
it's only, only so much gas. There's more money. People are trying to get it. And they raise the prices. This is what goes on in economics, supply and demand. Lower the supply, bigger demand, higher price. And that's what's going on now. But the political class explains this away. And if I turn on your former channel, this is not an issue. Because they have the belief in the new monetary policy, which is magical, which you can spend all the money you want in Washington. It's not going to have an impact because the <laughs> Fed's going to manipulate money and everything's going to be fine. Well, the Fed is going to do what they can to monetize this debt. But I see it's not really working. They keep missing their expectations. I read it every day now. Fed's expectations about interest rates coming up earlier is way off. And every day it's more way off. So anyway, not to over criticize them because they're doing their best. But, you know, if the money's out there, it's going to get spent. And if it's going to be spent, it's going to compete for goods and services. So is, this will help salaries at the bottom line. People are hard to fill their, their, their workforces now. So hopefully that'll mean supply and demand. Hey, I want seven bucks an hour. No, I want 17 bucks an hour. Sorry, buddy, you want me or not? You know, that's what I think workers are probably going to start doing now because they have everywhere you go, you know, getting a car fixed or anything. By the way, mechanics are probably going to get big salaries out of this because people are trying to get their cars out and they're starting to drive them around. They're not working. They want to they want to fix things. Is that generally good for society then or it's a mixed bag? I think I think we got to help the people at the, at the, you know, the most important people the ones trying to work into the middle class, trying to make it. You know, they're trying to get they're trying to get their hooks into something like solid hopes of the next 20 years, a career that's going to get them, a job that's going to keep them solid for a long time. That's what everybody wants. But your generation has kind of devoured the middle class in this country, the policies of and I can blame both parties that like the middle class is all hollowed out. It doesn't seem like it exists anymore. Well, <laughs> Depends what you want done. You know, the most valuable people were in Africa when I was in the Peace Corps? Mechanics. Because the, uh, the, the cars have to run. There's no BS about it. If the car's not working, it's not working. You don't need a PhD in philosophy or, or Shakespeare. What you need is a guy or woman who can fix the car. And the, those were the last people that were pushed out after independence. Because they said, no matter what, the government ministers need to have their cars moving. So the liberals with the good talks and the nice language about race, they might go first because they're dispensable. But the mechanic, you didn't get rid of him because you needed the car to work. So in a sense, our society is going to get more about the plumber. Remember the movie Moonstruck and the richest guy in the movie was the, was the plumber? <laughs> not, the, not the professor at NYU, but the plumber. So, so, so Chris, my grandfather's business was never expropriated in communist Cuba because he was a mechanic. So you make an excellent point. So even the commies needed By the, the way, mechanic. They, they still suck. They still suck. The commies are just as bad as ever. It just ended two years. Just as bad as, just like East Germany. I was in East Germany when the wall came down and they treated all the East Germans like second-class citizens. They got lousy currency. They got the good the East marks, not Deutsch marks. They, they, they were the factory managers, the school principals, the really good communists, if you will. They're doing their jobs at the worst money. They couldn't travel. They could go to two countries for vacation, Poland and Hungary. Lots of fun. That's all they could travel to. They couldn't go to the hotels. They couldn't go to the restaurants. Only the tourists could. And guess what that's like? Cuba today. Just oh, Cuba. Like Cuba. Cuba is a horror they show. Screw the, of the regular, people. regular people. The regular people are getting screwed. I got no time for cash, the Castro brothers. And by the way, they, when you talk about my, you keep talking about my generation. 
in the late 50s, when Castro came in, we all bought his line that he was a liberal Democrat, that he was going to bring democracy. He's going to get rid of all the, the dictatorship and the corruption and the prostitution and all that stuff. Yeah, right. Right. He didn't get rid of the prostitution. He didn't get rid of the corruption. Oh, no, he got rid of freedom. And he announced he was a communist and a loyal servant of the Soviet Union and betrayed all of us who rooted for him against Batista. He just did it. He just said, one day, I'm a communist. You, I fooled you guys. The only guy I didn't fool was Nixon. Nixon spotted him from the beginning. And he said he hated that guy. He said, how did that guy know? You should read about Castro and Nixon. It's a fascinating story. Well, uh, you're talking about my family's experience in Cuba. We had to leave. <laughs> I hope I hope I'm getting it right. Oh, you got it. You're straight on. But you you sound conservative these days, Chris, because I see a lot of liberals with chafe flags and, you know, they're they're kind of like falling into the same traps that, you know, maybe people of the past did. Well, they're, they're, they don't know what they're talking about. There was a lot of romance, though, back in my day in college. Everybody, you know, one of the congresswomen got in trouble for that. Join the Vince Ramos Brigade. You know, let's go to Cuba and help the revolution. Let's go help them cut sugar so that their people can go to school. Remember that? Well, you don't remember, but that's what's going on. There was a lot of romance about Castro and Che. Of course, my kids got Che Carrera sweat t-shirts. You know, I know all about that. But the truth is, he was a communist dictatorship that, that executed 600 people the minute he came into office by firing squad. He was not some romantic good guy. But I know that, but many of my colleagues don't know that. So Well, they're wrong. And by the way, don't call me a conservative because I'm mean, a communist because all good liberals are anti-communist. Well, maybe they need to hear that. That's an important line, Chris. <laughs> so, maybe they do. We're going to take a quick break here. Be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Class is in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Okay, so let's, before I get into media, which is the, supposed to be the point of this interview, I, I want to talk about your your stance on policing you mentioned it and you know the economic impact of that you know crime jimmy carter once said if you call somebody a racist you've lost them you're, they're gone they're never going to come back to you because they don't like the look of it the sound of it they don't like being accused of it and whatever their attitudes are how they were brought up it doesn't work and by the way when you attack police you think the bad cops hear it <laughs> The bad cops are always going to be the bad cops, but the good cops, oh my God, I got to go home to my wife and kids and my in-laws and everybody in my neighborhood. And I go to church with them and they look at me as one of the bad guys. You're not helping the situation. So we got to have discernment. You have to discern and keep the cases to the cases and the, the, 
If there is a systemic problem in a, in a police force, deal with it. But we, when you dial 911, you want somebody to show up who's comfortable with their authority, not abusing it, but confident enough to do their job and protect you. Be strong. And we need those people because as long as we live in a society that has social problems and crime, we have to have people to deal with it. And I worry that a police officer today, a, res, a reasonable 45-year-old policeman says, I've got an hour to go before my ship's up. Do I really want to go into that club in the middle of the night when there's fighting going on? Do I really want to go in there? Do I really want to go into a domestic situation where there's not just frying pans flying across the room, but knives and stuff like that? Do I really want to go in that room with my gun? Or do I want to go, go relax and take an hour? Oh, I'm off in an hour. Let me get out of here. I'm telling you, human interest, human common sense tells you, when you don't have society on your side, why would you risk your life? Isn't that reasonable? But isn't that reasonable? That's my general perspective, reform instead of defunding. But, you know, that sounds too normal. And that's not in, you know, the media sphere. You don't hear that. You either hear defund or Blue Lives Matter. You don't hear the middle, correct? I think we've all, well, not all of us, but we've had different experiences with policemen. Some of them are brusque, arrogant, maybe awful in some cases. And others are there to help you. Of course. And, uh, and maybe that's just human nature that some people have good days and bad days, but we have to encourage the good days. I was a cop. And what we really liked to do was give people directions <laughs> in the Capitol building. We don't want, we like people coming up there and say, well, when was this built? Or uh, where did the British break in? Tell me where the, where the bullet holes are <laughs> in the ceiling. That's what I like to show people, the bullet holes in the ceiling of the, what we call the British steps where they broke in in the War of 1812 and the bullet holes are still there. That was fun, you know, telling people about the history of their country. You know, they don't want to mix it up with racists and stuff. Although one guy came up to me during that demonstration I told you about and said, hit him once for me. What? He thought I was some redneck, angry cop who was, <laughs> just wanted to bat, hit somebody's head in. <laughs> I had friends. I had definitely one friend, at least, was in that protest. So I, uh, I didn't like that guy who came up to me and assumed I was some sort of thug that he needed to encourage to be more thuggish. So tell me about media, Chris. So you, I watched you a lot on MSNBC back when I watched cable. What do you think about media today? Because you are a very prominent media person and now you get to see it from that. From, well, look, you know. I, don't, I don't think it's, um, I think it's what, I always say to people, see what you see. As Ronald Reagan once said, don't be afraid to see what you see. If you see something that's only telling one side of the story, I'd get a little suspicious about the facts you're getting, but they may be factually accurate. You know, when, in, in the, when you take the stand in court, you're asked to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but. Try that for a standard from a cable anchor. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but. In other words, don't throw in cheap shots. Acknowledge there's a cost to anything you're pushing. It's always a question of getting it right, whether it's Black Lives, which is a wonderful cause. It has to be used the right way. Or it's infrastructure, yes, to a point. At what point does it inflate the economy? I think you have to look at things with a little discernment and you can't just take a side and yell and assume like if your party ran the country, everything would be swell. That's the, that I guess is the, the conceit of both sides left and right. They have the conceit that if all we elected were liberal Democrats since 1787, if all we ever did was elect 1788, elect liberal Democrats, everything would be just swimmingly going along. Everything would be great. No, no. And if we elected just conservatives, no. If it was just conservatives, we wouldn't have Social Security. We wouldn't have Medicare. 
we wouldn't have college loans probably, at least the ones I had. A lot of things we just wouldn't have. We wouldn't have the, we might not have had anything good. I don't know. But I think if the Republicans had their way, I think uh, if the Democrats had, had their way, my God, I don't know who would have kept counting. We kept count of the money because they don't say no. They just say yes. You know, somebody's got to hold you back once in a while. So it's this tension between both sides, right? But that's not what you see on MSNBC, Fox, or CNN these days, in fact. Well, I'm not a media critic. It's like a baseball player criticizing other baseball players. I don't want to do that. But I do think, you know, when, when Hardball started with the idea of, I was willing to ask the question three times, not just twice. I was willing to be obnoxious until people saw they're not answering the question. And sometimes it really worked and sometimes it didn't work. And sometimes I just looked obnoxious and sometimes I got some good answers. Like Rick, getting Trump to admit he was going to, his, his idea of pro-life was to punish the woman. Well, he got off of that quick or getting Zell Miller to want to have a, a duel with me. But otherwise, you know, it, it, it aggravates people. They don't like their people, their, their heroes, getting a second degree. They do not like them being questioned. And the, and the people on the left, certainly as much as the right, hate being cross-examined. They don't like being questioned closely. They want to be taken exactly at their word. The talking points should be swallowed whole. And anything short of that is to question their legitimacy. Which, by the way, having worked in politics, the politician never tells you the bad stuff. They tell you the best possible story they can tell. So work from there down to truth. You know what I mean? Because they're not going to tell you anything short of what sounds good. They're just not, except really good ones. Really, maybe a really good politicians self-deprecating now and then. I think I think people like John McCain, you come across them that that have sort of a Bob Dole. You sort of get people that Pat Moynihan, maybe you get close to the truth with some of them. So tell me about the way you ended things there. I know it's, a, I mean, we live in a world of NDAs or whatever, but what should the audience know about your transition and career? Because if I don't ask you the question, well, I, I get in I, trouble. I went on, I went on, I went on the air uh, March second uh, and said that I had uh, complimented a woman in the makeup chair, in the makeup room, and I should have done it. And that is the beginning and end of it. That's what put the pressure on me to make a decision. I, I decided to do it my way and to, and to just end it. But the, the facts are there and uh, check around. Yeah, no, I've read it, of course. What, but And you've come out since and you've said that the Me Too movement is actually a positive development in society, just like you said, Black Lives Matter. Well, I think, part, I think, I think everything has to be, uh, it gets refined over time. Things go one direction and they get sort of synthesized into something a little more sophisticated. But yeah, you People that go to work, women who go to work, especially don't have to have people appraising their, their appearance during the work, work hours, certainly. And that, that's certainly reasonable to me. You know, I have a daughter who's in the business world and I had a wife who was an anchor woman. I think that's a reasonable new standard or good standard. Great. So tell me about your book and how you wrote it and how you got the idea to do it. Your book's called This Country and it's a, your memoir, basically. Well, I worked on it for two years and I decided, uh, Simon & Schuster said they wanted the book, which was... Um, the story of my professional life starting way back in, well, my life really. And it, it really has a great panoramic fa factor to it. I mean, I was in the Peace Corps in Africa for two years. I uh, was teaching business and riding around a motorcycle. What country, the, Chris? Swaziland, that's Swatini now, they rechanged the yeah. name. And then I was, I, was able to, I was able to hitchhike up all the way up to Kilimanjaro. Amazing adventures I had in addition to all the work I was doing. 
And uh, by the way, I used to think of myself as a bourgeois Che Guevara because he was teaching communism in Latin America and I was teaching business in Africa. <laughs> so that was maybe a romantic notion. But I really did think about it when I was riding around my bike. And then I, you know, I then I came back to the Hill, Capitol Hill. I got the top job, the police job. I worked my way up to uh, speechwriter to President Carter. I was on the plane with him, uh, writing speeches right to the end, flying on Marine One the morning we lost. And then I worked for six years as Tip O'Neill's guy, and I worked against Ronald Reagan every morning, listening to his old stories from the old days and fighting with Reagan, occasionally cutting deals with him, which I thought was great. I wrote a book about that. And then turning to journalism with the San Francisco Examiner and having that great opportunity to cover the Berlin Wall coming down, being there when it happened, uh, being in South Africa when uh, African Americans, the Africans, I keep saying African Americans, <laughs> Africans, of course, became uh, eligible to vote. And that, Thanks to Nelson Mandela, they all voted for the new government of Nelson Mandela. The ANC came in and he wouldn't even leave prison for 28 years. He's still in prison. He said, I'm not coming out to legalize my party and legalize the Communist Party, too, or else I'm not coming out. So he insisted on the government changing the majority rule by elections, not by blood, blood warfare. So I, other things like the Belfast Agreement, uh, Good Friday between the Irish the, and the Protestants, uh, the Catholics and the Protestants, my family comes from both sides and uh, both Irish sides. <laughs> and I'd love to see that peace, that peace treat. I got to see the Pope's funeral, which was a majestic affair. So it's truly about my life in politics, all, all my wars with politicians covering all the political campaigns going back to uh, 88. It's pretty amazing life. And I look, when I look back and I said, my God, this is a story. I've been writing all about the Kennedys and Tip O'Neill and Reagan and all that. And I said, why don't I write about myself this time? Who do you admire the most, Chris? Well, this only gets me in trouble. Churchill. Why does that get you in trouble? <laughs> well, because the liberals, I think you're always wary. Of, you're listening to footsteps, I think. You're listening to what progressives think. They all think he's, you know, yesterday and all. I thought he had a person, a, a character to stand against the world and said, I'm gonna stop the Nazis. I'm gonna do it no matter what my party says, no matter what my country says, I'm gonna do it because it has to be done. It's the right thing to do. And he did it. And he spent a life like that, of being a person of character. My favorite story about him is when he was in, it was in prep school in what English called public school. And he was at Harrow and he brought his governess, his nanny basically up to uh, the school and walked around on the high street with her next to him. He said, this is, somebody said the most bravest thing ever saw in his life for a young kid to be seen with his nanny and, and being proud enough with her to say, I don't care what you guys think. Throw stones at me. Make fun of me. I love my, my, my nanny, my woman, he called her. So from a very early age, he had this gut. He had a lisp. He was short. He was balding young. He, he didn't look like a man of great stature to look at. But my God, he saved his country and he saved the honor of the West. I think that's why we Americans look to him more than we look to probably any American leader. We look to him as the guy, the person who really stood up. The other one is Hemingway, because Hemingway, for whatever reason, sort of governs the way I look at the world. I want to go. I wanted to go to Africa. Hemingway was in Africa. I want to go to France. I want to be in Paris, especially in the left bank. I wish I was there in the 20s. Uh, I love all that stuff. I love Ketchum, Idaho, uh, Key West, Florida. Wherever he went seems to be magical for me. And so you explain that. And Churchill and him both had that magical leadership over me uh, and making me wanting to be like them, you know? So those two, I'll stick with them. I've been everywhere Ernest Hemingway's been because there's a family connection there. I'll save that story for another day. Of course, Hemingway was very active in Cuba. So yeah, I've been, I've been to the Finca. It's magnificent. Of what course. a great place to live. 
So what would you do if you were young, Chris, if you could turn the clock back and you were, you know, young again? Oh, my do you God. Think the world, think I... Do you think the world is be uh, has a lot of opportunity still? Or what do you think of where we are today? Well, if I was doing it all over again, I'd have to do it all over again, <laughs> which means knocking on doors, whether it was uh, trying to win a primary for the Democratic primary in Philly against the machine, or it was getting a job on Capitol Hill, or it was uh, collecting for my newspaper route, or it was uh, everything seems to come down to knocking on doors and uh, seeing which one's open. I guess I, I don't know. I, I think uh, I might run for office again, try and stick at it. But yeah, the, the route to that is still the same as it always was. Go to law school, somehow get yourself a good parachute. So when you lose the first couple of times, you have somewhere to go. That's a big part. Have to have that parachute. So you go back to some law firm and make it to the next election and make connections. So maybe that old route is still the route. I know it's even uh, Liz Cheney is a lawyer. And I think, uh, you know, Chuck Schumer's a lawyer. And I, Mitch McConnell, it seems like it's still the route. I'm not sure it's healthy for the country. I'm not sure lawyers have the best value. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I do think it seems to be the one route. And you have to stay at home. Don't go to D.C. or New York or L.A. Stay at home. Get a law degree. And think about nothing else, like Clinton. Just think about nothing else. Most of them are like this. That's their one thing to do, and they do it. And 90% and of them lose. Never, you never hear them again. But the ones you hear of all followed that route. But again, 9 out of 10 don't make it. More than 19 out of 20. Maybe it's higher than that. Very few people make it as lifetime politicians, and they keep beating people who you never hear from again. Isn't that interesting? For every, every election, every primary, they beat a whole bunch of people you never hear from again. So it's a risky business. You can end up being a nobody and wasted your whole life trying to be somebody. One of the themes that you touch on in all your storytelling, Chris, is the working class, that kind of the lifeblood of this country and really the world, right? Because over in Swaziland or Eswatini, right? You dealt with working people, like you can bullshit your way out of anything, but the cars have to run. And like, if lawyers ran this country, it would just come to a grinding halt if the politicians <laughs> actually had to run things. Well, so well, how do we remind they're the, ones you call. they're the ones you call, they're the ones you call. So you know? how do we, how do we create public policy that creates more opportunity for, for working people, for the people who really run this country? Oh my God. I wish I knew. I don't think it's just attacking the hell of the equity people, the really rich, the billionaires, but here's what I worry about. I worry about the separation of Marx would talk about the separation of labor from product and profit, the, the, the laborer. There's a lot more money made than the labor gets paid. So that's, you know, surplus value, whatever you call it, Beblin's phrase, so it's a surplus value. So they blame the capitalists for making all the money that the workers earn, or a big chunk of it. But what's really going on today with the equity business is people that build up companies with entrepreneurial ability, then sell them to somebody. And that holder of a big equity firm makes all the money. And then, so people are making money off money now. Most of the billionaires today, don't have any product they can point to. They're not Lee Iacocca and say, look at my car, or Henry Ford, look at my car, Thomas Edison, look at my light bulb. Or, they don't have a thing they can point to. Some of them do, obviously in Silicon Valley, people like Zuckerberg and, and you know people like that, but most of them are making money off money. And I worry about that because that means that the entrepreneur isn't getting that profit. The person who's bought their company up is, see what I mean? So I think we're getting, we're really separating the effort that goes into creating a product for the money. But you're describing to a tease, uh, Warren Buffett. That's like the, the highest version of this, who is like- And everybody loves this guy. 
Yeah. Explain. I don't. I don't get it though. He never did anything. He kind of moved money around. Well, I and- do worry. About, I do worry about that. What do you put on the tombstone? Was rich. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think. I think we still have a happy. I don't have the answer to your question, but I do think that mixed capitalism is still the answer. Somewhere between capitalism and the government involvement with the safety net, I think it's very important. But capitalism and the profit is very important. We did the. We got the COVID. We got the. You know. We got the Pfizer, Moderna first. Pfizer without any federal money, I guess Moderna with federal money, uh, J&J. I mean, we, every crook and bad guy in the world is going to come to the United States to save their life. Our medicine is the best in the world. It's not distributed the best by any means, but it is the best. We are, every Shah, I mean, everybody comes here because this is where it's practiced at its best, medicine, because the profit motive and, and the science that comes from it and uh, the R&D and all that stuff that goes into it. Um, so I think the profit motive does really work. The Soviet system has not worked. We saw what happened with that. I was over there when it was coming down and the, the head of the Communist Party in Budapest looked me in the eye and said, the socialist model is not working. <laughs> that was an amazing line. I, think, I don't think the socialist model in Latin America is making it easier. I mean, the socialist model is the nicest way of saying disaster. It just, it doesn't work. The Soviets were great at arming revolutions and of zero help to economic development of the countries they that they liberated, just zero. They don't know anything about development. Russia is a gas station with an army. You know, what else is it? This guy, Putin, he's just, there's nothing there. He's got nothing to show. All he can do is cause trouble. So I like Biden's attempt to make him sort of buff him up by saying we're one of the two world leaders. I think he, he's trying to win him by euchring him into the idea. I, Joe Biden, can make you one of the two world leaders. So don't just screw around because that's just going to make you a troublemaker. But I can make you one of the two world leaders. That's a pretty good offer. And I can do that. I'm the only guy that can do it. Treat you like an equal. And I can make you a big shot. So when you're riding around your horse with your shirt off, you could be thinking I'm one of the two world leaders, not just I'm one of the world's troublemakers. Which one do you like? I think Biden could be really on to something. I hope he is. Chris, you're such an unlikely messenger for me in my book. Never did I ever expect to hear from Chris Matthews of MSNBC fame, socialism is a failed model. That's just like not expected. No, it was the Communist Party leader of Budapest who said that. And my son was in a room taking pictures of the guy. It was fun. Thank you. This has been a joy. Oh, you've been wonderful. And I think you're figuring, I, yeah, thank you so I think much, you're Chris. figuring out your politics. I think you're in, I think you're in an evolutionary state here. Yeah. I know. Right. Of course. Yeah. Well, moderation is key. And I love talking to people like you and all the best to Kathleen and your family. Have a great time in Nantucket. It's a beautiful place. Thank you. Buy the book, This Country. It's a great book. Thank you. So thanks to all of you for joining me as we follow The Prophet. And a big thanks to our producers, Emiliano Limon, Cheyenne Reed, Scott Hantler, and of course to our executive producers, Newt Gingrich and Debbie Myers. I'm David Grasso. If you're enjoying this show as much as I am, give us five stars and give us a review. We read those and take your feedback in mind. Follow The Prophet is a production of Gingrich 360 and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All opinions expressed by David Grasso and his guests on the show are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Gingrich 360 or affiliates and may have been previously disseminated by David Grasso on this podcast 
television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed by David Grasso as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his opinion. David Grasso's opinions are based upon information he considers reliable, but neither Gingrich Productions nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy and it should not be relied upon as such. David Grasso, Gingrich Productions, its affiliates and or subsidiaries are not under any obligation to update or correct any information provided on this website. David Grasso's statements and opinions are subject to change without notice. No part of David Grasso's compensation from Gingrich Productions is related to the specific opinions he expresses. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Neither David Grasso nor Gingrich 360 guarantees any specific outcome or profit. You should be aware of the real risk of loss in following any strategy or investment discussed on this website or on the show. Strategies or investments discussed may fluctuate in price or value. Investors may get back less than invested. Investments or strategies mentioned on this website or on the show may not be suitable for you. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You must take an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned on this website or on the show. Before acting on information on this website or on the show, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular circumstances and strongly consider seeking advice from your own financial or investment advisor. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.